Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast to help you scale your Shopify store into a money-making machine. Your host is Nick Truman. He's a Shopify expert and the CEO of JustAskParker.com, a global specialist marketing agency for Shopify owners. Nick will be sharing his knowledge and interviewing the experts to help you thrive and build a business that makes you money. For exclusive offers, bonus content, and weekly episode reminders, join our mailing list at winningwithshopify.com. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Here's your host, Nick Truman. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. For anyone who's not tuned in before, my name's Nick. I've been hosting the podcast since June 2020, and it's great to have you with us if you are a new listener. Um, I've got two apologies to start off with this week, so massive apologies from me. Firstly, there is a cold going around the UK infecting all of us one by one, and I've currently got it. So apologies if I don't sound like my normal self. Um, My nose is currently completely blocked. But I did want to miss another week, which is my second apology. Apologies that we missed last week, just because of I've been a bit ill and work's been a bit mad. I just didn't get a chance to get a guest in and uh, and record something. So apologies for that. We have, however, lined up the next few episodes all the way up to two months time. So we shouldn't be missing any any more in the near future unless something's gone significantly wrong in the process. Today, we're doing a bit of a one-off bonus episode, as you may have seen in the title or the description for this. And today, we're going to be talking about communication and how to communicate with your customers and both the advantages and disadvantages of getting that right or getting that wrong. I've got a very, very special guest and his name's Ira. And we've just had a very interesting conversation about names uh, just before we jumped on. So his name's Ira. He's from Message Wiz. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Ira. Hey, Nick. Nick is also a very interesting name. We didn't talk about the oranges of Nick. so We haven't We haven't yet. <laughs> it's great <laughs> to be here, and I'm so excited to be speaking with the Shopify audience. Uh, I'm Ira from MessageWiz. MessageWiz is a new app on Shopify to enable you to quickly and efficiently communicate with your customers via mobile messaging. Personally, I've been in marketing for a long time, for more than 25 years, I've been in, uh, working for high-tech companies, including some of the biggest uh, cellular companies in the world, such as Nokia and Ericsson. I've also been involved in uh, Bluetooth technology and promoting it around the world and SIM card technology and uh, very, very exciting technologies that all of us use every single day. We founded uh, MessageWiz is actually a product that's made by a company called MD Smart, which is a multi-global telecommunications company. And about four years ago, we developed MessageWiz because we understood that there was a need in the market for companies, enterprises, small companies, big companies to efficiently communicate with their customers via mobile messaging and via the mobile channel. And so that's what MessageWiz does. We've been immensely successful in the e-commerce uh, space, which is why it was just natural for us to start working with Shopify. And uh, we developed the app, the uh, MessageWiz app, working on Shopify which is available now on your Shopify app store. Awesome, awesome. And we've also got a bit of an offer, which we're going to talk about later. So we're not going to mention it yet because uh, all the be- given that we talk a lot about marketing on this, all the best marketing is uh, keeping your audience hooked as long as possible. So on that basis today, um, if you're listening now and thinking, oh, I really want to give that a go, there is going to be an offer right at the end. So, uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, it's great to have you on the show, Ira, and thanks so much for that overview. I certainly think that uh, customer communications is incredibly important. And it's why we've had people like BrightPearl and Trustpilot. Um, and uh, we, we also have an email platform coming on in a few weeks as well. 
hence why we, we focus so much on this stuff. So let, let's sort of start off in the, with the very kind of basics then. So people running new stores, this will probably be quite a good question, uh, certainly for you guys. So first question then, Ira, how important are good communications, would you say, for an e-commerce brand? Like, and also what's included in what we would describe as good communications? It's massively important, frankly. You know, marketing is, you know, getting your message out to the world, but actually sales and customer service and engagement with your customers can only happen via a good communications channel. Everybody is on their mobile all the time. And if anything, the, the global pandemic has caused us to be even more reliant on our mobile phones. We're constantly looking at our mobile phones. Why wouldn't you use this channel as a way to communicate with your customers? It's there. The best companies in the world are the best companies in the world because they've succeeded in developing a good communication strategy to constantly be in touch with their customers. And, uh, you know, during the COVID pandemic, one of the things we did, we did a series of video blogs to tell our customers about the importance of staying communicated with the customers, even during a pandemic when their stores were closed, because you want to stay top of mind of your customers. You want to have a human can build a human connection. You want to you want to uh, keep them engaged. You want to make sure that you're staying relevant in the IP customers. And the way to do that, not only during the pandemic, but all the time is by, is having good communication with your customers. You want to be able to talk to them when they want you to talk with them. You want to be able to communicate with them via the channel that they feel most comfortable with. Uh, and especially for a retailer who wants to be with their customers through the, the purchase journey, the customer journey, using mobile and the different channels available on mobile is the best way to do that because you can be with the customer at all steps through their customer purchase from their initial uh, questions from their, uh, their, their pondering the, the pros and cons of buying the product. And you can be with them. You can hold their hand. You can be their, their advisor as they go through that purchase journey, helping them to make the right decision along the way. So we tell all retailers, we tell all e-commerce companies that work with us to build a strong communication strategy. Even if you don't communicate every day or you don't need to communicate every day, you need to communicate a couple of times a month, let's say, or when you have a special promotion or when there's something going on that you feel your customers want to hear from you, that's the time to communicate. And that builds up a very, very strong customer loyalty and engagement. If your customers have this human interaction with you, they feel that they're engaged by you, then they'll keep coming back. And that's what every retailer wants to happen. And I think there's, I mean, you've obviously just outlined lots and lots of places where it's good to have good communication with a customer. So talking to them, sharing information, sharing updates. Equally, if you don't have enough of that, it can cause so many problems for the customer, can't it? Of course. Like if, for example, if somebody orders a product and the next time they hear from you is a knock on the door, well, there's a massive disconnect there. You know, why, why didn't you guys let them know that the product was going to arrive today or, um, you know, letting them know that it's at least been dispatched from the warehouse, you know, keeping them in the loop? I think there's, there's often that, that kind of common misconception with um, Amazon where everybody thinks because Amazon offers next day delivery, we need to as well. And if we offered all those communications, it would be too quick on next day. But actually, we've had quite a few Shopify store owners and successful Shopify store owners saying that actually they decided not to offer next day delivery unless people pay for it on the basis that people are quite happy to wait three to five days to get it delivered they can also then promise, you know, guarantee a three to five day delivery because they know they can do it in that time. Plus, then there's all those different interaction points of saying, you know, your your order has been packaged and is waiting to be dispatched. It has now been dispatched. It is in transit. It is going to arrive today between these two times. So I think, again, on top of everything you've just said, there's also this element of 
if you don't communicate enough with a customer, then you're going to miss out, aren't you? Yeah, but there's, there's something else you're missing out. Amaze your customers. Keep your customers amazed at your amazing ability to contact them at the right time. Mm. Okay, we don't expect we don't expect companies that we work with to be so intuitive about what I want to hear in advance. But it's really easy to do if you think about it. Okay, I don't expect you to communicate with me when the truck is leaving the depot on its way to deliver the product. Okay, just to use your example. Okay, amaze me with how efficient you are. Amaze me with information that I would not normally expect from you. Okay, amaze me with the user manual guide for the product that I purchased from you before I get the product. Okay, we see that you bought the product. Since you'll probably want to get some instructions, here's the user manual. Here's a link to the user manual that you can download. So when you get your product, you can open up right away and use it. For example, or or here's here's the, the you know if you're selling uh, clothing or if you, you want to give them a return opportunity, here's how you can return your product once you get it. Okay, amaze them by being proactive and ahead of the curve rather than waiting for it. And look, as you said, for those points of interaction when you're relevant to your customers and they want to hear from you. Those are really, really valuable because then it builds up this level of trust. Okay, these are guys that I can rely on. These are guys I can trust. They've got their act together. And I think as, as somebody, as, as all of our listeners will know, I'm, I'm a diehard, you know, to the gravestone marketeer. You know, my entire career is based on marketing. And one of the things that frustrates me so much is the focus on new customer acquisition. When actually there's so often this big pool of existing customers, all you have to do is get the right, I say all you have to do, there's more to it than just pinging out a text message or an email, but um, but you, you've got to talk to them to get that second order in. And I think that's a really important part of this puzzle is you, you've just outlined about getting people to trust you. And I love your point as well about amazing them, you know, g- give them something that they can go wow at, you know, wow, I was actually thinking about this early this morning. And next thing you know, I've got an advert or a text message or something's hit me in my inbox. It's just perfectly timed. You know, you're thinking of upgrading that sofa in your house. Here are the latest styles and here, here's a reason you want to buy one of them today from us. Because I think with, with marketing especially, is it's so expensive on things like Google advertising or Facebook ads to get a sale in. So if that sale, that order you get from that customer is the only order you ever get from that customer, then your ROI is only what they've spent on that one order and what you've paid to acquire them. However, if they threw SMS or email go and order again, Next thing you know, your lifetime value per customer is massively increased, which then leaves you in a place of saying that actually it's not £50 per new customer that we spend and we make 100 back. Actually, we spend 50 now and we could make 500 back from 10 orders. Yeah, it's a, and it's a lot more expensive, as, as you were alluding to. It's a lot more expensive to get a new customer than it is to retain an existing customer. Mm. And that existing customer has additional value because if you work hard on maintaining this communication channel for your retention, for your customer retention purposes, that customer not only will lead to a return sale, but he's very likely as a satisfied customer to refer you to other customers, okay? And we all know the value of referrals, yeah. okay? Particularly if you're a new business, you want your first customers to tell other customers so that another customer will come. And then if you give them an amazing customer experience, they'll tell about it, okay? Now, we all know that if you have a if unhappy customer experience, you know, if someone, you know, I feel you know, messed up with me, I'll tell that to 25 people. If I have an amazing experience, I'll tell that to 10 people, okay? So, but that value of that referral is huge. And so that's a tremendous additional value from retaining that many of the customer. And you can only get that loyal customer or that customer that wants to keep coming back and is willing to refer you to his friends and family 
if you're giving him that amazing feeling of customer experience, that this company is attuned with my needs, this customer is aware of, this customer communicates with me and I have an ongoing dialogue with them. And you can only do that with a channel that is in their pocket, is in their hand, is in their eyes all the time. It doesn't happen with email. And I heard that you have an email provider coming on in a few months. So here's my pitch about this. Mm. Uh, mobile messaging gets a 95% open rate. 95% open rate. And the majority of those opens are within the first 90 seconds of the message being received. So you're getting eyeballs on your message within 90 seconds. Emails, less than 20%. Even the best emails don't perform higher than 20%. You're getting almost five times the amount of eyeballs from a mobile message because all of us are constantly looking at our phones. And just that amount of eyeballs brings a tremendous additional amount of flow through your funnel. So that's having that communication with your customer. On mobile, makes them a happy customer. Then you can go through the customer service part of it because they know how to contact you. They don't have to look you up on Google to find where the customer service is. They know how to communicate with you because you have an open channel with them on the mobile channel. And that just adds to their experience. Okay, I have someone that I can rely on. I can contact whenever I need to be contacted with. So, And now we have, you know, with that on SMS and also other channels, we have chatbots. So you don't actually have to monitor the channel all the time. You can actually have a chatbot monitor for you during your off hours. And if you're working as a global retailer, you know, it doesn't make a difference if someone's contacting you from India and you're in London or someone's contacting you from California or you're in London. The chatbot will respond to it, okay, and give the answers that it can. And then, you know, when it's time to pass on to a human agent, the human agent comes on to respond to the customer service inquiry. So there's a tremendous amount of ways to use it today that you would never think of but it is so valuable for retailers. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, interestingly, I was quite fascinated that we were doing this today because I got a text message this morning from my local opticians who said, you're due another eye test now. And what was interesting is they'd sent it at 8.30 in the morning. And I can only assume that they'd done that. Or the only other time of day that I think they should have also sent it was in the evening. Because those are the times when my eyes are the most tired which, you know, when you first woken up in the morning or when you're, you know, you spent all day sitting at your laptop, um, you know, working away and your eyes are tired. And they, they sent me a text saying, did you know it's your one year anniversary or due to have another eye test? And it, but it didn't say like, click here to book now. It said, how are your eyes feeling? Respond now. So I responded saying, they're feeling fine, thanks. And then they <laughs> responded, they responded 10 minutes later to this text message saying, uh, to this SMS and the next message they sent me said, um, oh, that's great to hear. Would you like to book a free eye test anyway? And I was like, hang on a minute. They're offering it for free now. Clearly, because I've essentially said no the first time. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, let's come on to some use cases then. So looking at like a Shopify store. Okay, so just traditional journey. You see a Google advert, you click on it, you go on the site, you buy a product. Give us some examples for our Shopify listeners where your system or where SMS messages can fit into that journey? What's the earliest kind of point that it could start? Well, frankly, it's being used at the earliest part of the journey. It's being used for lead generation by thousands of companies around the world. So you can use it for lead generation. You need to be very, very careful because you don't want to send out spam messages. So one of the things that we do is we help uh, our customers build a mobile database. And uh, we can also talk actually about how to convert an email list into a mobile database. You know, give incentives to customers to share their information with you. You know, you can have a QR code in your shop or, you know, click here, you know, for, you know, to get a 10, you know, 10% coupon or a $5 coupon 
or whatever it is, and you know, to get the mobile coupon, which can only be sent to the mobile phone, to get the mobile information, and make sure that you get from them, and then consent that they're willing to get promotional messages from you. Once you have that, then you can go the, the same route you would normally do with the Google ads, but at a much less expensive price point, because then you start selling, okay, we have promotions. We have a full promotion coming up. You know, Christmas is coming up. You know, uh, Black Friday is coming up. Black Friday promotion is coming up. And say we have a mobile-only offer, okay, only for people who are our members of our, mobile, of our mobile loyalty club. We'll have this special offer. You can be the first one to order it from it. You don't have to wait until Black Friday. Only our mobile loyalty customers can get it early. And make sure to keep that mobile channel posted with offers early because they want to feel special. They want to feel like they're a VIP club. The fact that they gave you permission to contact them now gives them some privileges that other people, other normal customers don't have. And then work on that feeling of being a VIP club, of being the first to have these special offers. I think certainly the VIP bit is so important. We've had quite a few guests talking about that. And I guess, in a sense, you need to choose the one channel, don't you? You need to decide, is it going to be SMS? Is it going to be our exclusives via email, via our Facebook group? Or or you could choose, I mean, I guess in one sense, you could choose email and SMS as the same thing, couldn't you? And you could just send an email and an SMS to that same loyalty club and even ask people to opt in. Because then you've got that hardcore fan base that you know are just going to spend money every time you put the right thing in front of them. I'd be careful. There's an old saying in marketing don't, there are two people you should never lie to, your kids and your customers. So yeah, if you tell definitely. them it's a mobile-only offer and it also appears on email, they'll catch you. Yep. You'll need to be careful with that. So Plus, there's there's laws in certain countries. Like I know certainly in the UK, um, we've got the Advertising Standards Authority who are both fantastic and terrible when it comes to some of these things. Right. Like they're good at picking some of these things up. They're not so good when your competitor's doing it and you're not. And they seem to be quite slow on that front. But um, right. yeah, but yeah, I completely agree with you. I think you've, you've got to have that transparency, especially in this day and age. You just need one person to post on Facebook and say, "I've got this exclusive SMS offer that's also on their website homepage." Right. You don't want to. Have, you want that. You don't want that. But now, theoretically, you can give a different offer for your Facebook group, or you can give a different offer on mobile. So this is really only mobile, and this is really only for Facebook. Hmm. But you don't. You don't want to mix those up. You don't want to. Uh, you don't want to dirty the water there. So you need to be careful with that. Going back, by the way, to your use case, and you mentioned the optician, okay? Mm-hmm. Why is an optician giving away a free eye test? Nick? What do you think? Because they want to sell me a pair of glasses. Ah, okay. Because the money is not on the eye test. The money is in the frame. Exactly. Right? The money is in the designer. I know that you wear nice shades. So I, the money is in the designer frames that you're going to pay for. So it doesn't make a difference what they invest to get you into their door to give you that free test. They're going to sell you those shades. So this is the marketing in order to sell. So you want to think about those types, those type of options. You know, book a free eye test because I'm going to sell you a pair, pair of frames. Okay, come in for a free fitting. Okay, so that I can sell you a jacket. Okay, think about things like that. Think about events that you can sponsor and use that to bring people in. To bring people in. I told a lot of stories during the pandemic about how small companies, small retailers were really being creative and innovative about staying top of mind with the customers during the pandemic. But every single one of their ideas was meant to bring in customers at a later date. And so, you know, I you know, I told us about a physical therapy place that during the pandemic, every one of their therapists would contact all of their, you know, would give a group of customers to contact every day via messaging to ask how their exercising was going and whether they were keeping up and they had any problems, you know, with their therapy session. And, you know, they began this human interaction between the actual therapist and the actual customers outside of the practice. And then when he was able to open up his business, 
They all wanted to come to meet their therapist in person because they had been in contact all these months and they had bookings, you know, way over what they would normally have on a normal day. So they, it, that's a simple thing as that. It's just having a human interaction because people want that human. They want that human action. They want to feel close to the companies that they work with. If you're an online retailer selling clothing or if you're a bar in London, okay, but to bring in people, you know, you can spy. We, we, we spoke about a... It was a bar in London. I forgot its name right now. That you know, it's a sports bar which has great food on the menu, and so they ran a campaign during the pandemic. They started giving out some of their popular food items to their to their customers, so that they, you know they would they would feel like they're back at the bar. They could eat the same food, and then they ran a contest for people to send in their menu suggestions. And the winning suggestion went on the menu of the bar once the bar was able to reopen. It's a fantastic idea. And then they popularized, it was, it was some sort of, of chili that the guy had, had sent in, and it became part of the menu. And then they popularized, you know, the opening of the bar with the new chili on the menu. These are wonderful ideas that you can do. And it all went through the mobile channel. So there are, there are thousands of use cases, literally, that we could share about this. And the other reason why the optician sent you that at 830 or they would send it to you later in the evening because when do you look at your phone the most? Yeah, first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. I'll, I'll say it openly on the podcast. It's, it's, it's during your morning normal toilet break. <laughs> that is when you look at the phone the most. You get up in the morning, straight on the phone. The, the, but those are the primary hours. We know this from looking at the data, right? So people are looking at their phones the most from like 7 a.m. in the morning until 9 a.m. Because then they're either on their morning break, as you said, or they're commuting to work. Okay, that's when they look at their phone. And then at the, the flip side of that, Lunch break is a big time in the middle of the day because that's when people look at their phones. And then later on in the day, when they're they commute to home, and then later on after dinner, sort of when they're in front of the TV and their kids have gone to sleep, then there's another time when they will get their phone. Those are the three primary times when people look at their phone, which is why we recommend most of our companies to send their messages then. Then again, if I have want to do a lunchtime offer, I have a restaurant. I'm saying you know doing special lunchtime offer or a pizza store. I want to make sure that I send it out at the right time during the day. So there's a lot of contextual tools that you can use in order to make your message much more convincing. We have a lot of other tools that are in the platform, including trackable links. So if I put a link on, I actually can tell exactly which consumer clicked on the link and came to the website. I can track that individual consumer journey via the link that we give them. We have personalized triggers, which will trigger the message being sent based on uh, triggers that you, the retailer, will set. So, for example, and I'll, it's obviously a benign example, but uh, if you sell umbrellas, okay, we can actually put a trigger into your messaging that as soon as it starts raining, your customers will get a message, hey, it's raining, would you like to buy an umbrella? So that's those are the sort of things that we can put in put in as triggers. We have a CTR threshold, which, is, which checks the click-through rate. So if you're doing a campaign and you have a click-through rate that you want to achieve a you know, percentage of clicks, if you don't reach that click-through rate, we'll stop sending out the messaging until you can adjust the campaign. Or you can actually pre-design that to have an alternative campaign. So if the first one doesn't run, you'll run the second one trying to achieve that click-through rate to get the maximum amount of clicks that you want. So there's so many cool tools that are built in to this just standard messaging. And you can use that to build your own amazing use cases to connect with your customers. Cool, cool. And I, I think there's, there's so many good examples in there. And I could go on. You mentioned the pizza one. That is one as a Brit. Everybody in the UK is signed up to some sort of, I'm afraid it's not American football. It's what you would call soccer right. um, in the US. But 
everybody here has signed up to a football club. Everybody has their club that they support. And just so I don't lose 95% of my UK listeners, I won't tell you who I support today. Um, but um, Not a very popular one because 95% don't like it. It's popular if you support them. <laughs> We're hated by many, but loved by the rest. Um, but the, yeah, so that... The thing that always hits me is Domino's Pizza. The amount of times when like England are playing a big football match or something, the amount of times I get a thing, especially on a Tuesday, saying it's there's a thing in the UK, two for Tuesdays, mm-hmm. which means on Tuesday you can order two pizzas for the price of one, delivered, etc. You can even do a thing where if they don't deliver it at half time in the game, and you can tell them which game you're watching if you phone the local uh, restaurant, um, if they don't deliver it at half time or within five minutes of half time starting because that's when you want to eat your pizza, they, they give you like a 20% off and it's half price to get it delivered in the first place. It's just offers, offers, offers. So what, one big question that's burning in my mind, and I kind of know the answer to this, but I, I know a lot of our listeners will want to know. There'll be people out there thinking, look, this sounds fantastic. We want to give it a go. We want to do SMS marketing. But the biggest problem, the mountain to climb initially is we don't have enough customers on our books. We don't have enough SMS, mobile phone numbers, etc. I guess the question is kind of two parts here. One is, what can you do to get more people signing up? Like, are there any things you can do rather than just selling products? And the second question, and disclaimer for anyone listening, we're not giving legal advice today, but what are some of the restrictions around just pinging out a text message to all of your customers today? I'll, I'll start with the second one because that one's easier. Cool. Don't do it. Yep. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a lawyer either, but don't do it. Uh, because A, you're you're degrading your brand because your brand will be known as a spammer or a scammer and you don't want that to happen, okay? Yep. People don't like to get messages from people, from companies that they haven't you know, said to them uh, that we want to get these messages from you. And in a lot of places in the world, it's basically illegal to do it. The United States had put in tremendous effort the last couple of years to make this possible legal action taken against you. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly the same in the UK and EU, by the way. There's, yeah, there, there's a thing, there's a thing called GDPR and it's opt-in. Customers have to say. I was about to mention yeah. GDPR. Uh, and by the way, in the Canada, a couple of years ago, I was working with clients in Canada. There was a million dollar Canadian dollar fine for sending promotional messages via email. One million dollars for sending emotional. So you don't want to go there. Forget about the money part of it. Forget about the legal part of it. You will not build a loyal customer base if you're sending out spam messages to people that don't want it. You just won't because your name becomes a bad name. So so that's our our advice to customers. Uh, I'm sure there are people on our platform or customers on our platform who may be still using it for those reasons, but eventually they get found out by the network carriers who also have a uh, have a writ from the government not to allow these type of messages to go through. And that can only lead to bad results. You will never be allowed to send messaging underneath your brand. So you don't want you don't want to go there. Cool. The second part is that we worked a lot with our customers on building mobile databases and how to build a mobile database, how to convert an email database, how to how to build a mobile database, QR codes I mentioned before. But the, the most important way is to incentivize them, as I said before, to give them a reason why they want to give you their information. People don't like giving out their personal data, particularly in this era of privacy issues. And so you need to give them a reason to trust you. If they trust you, they'll give you the data, but you need to give them incentive. And as I said, mobile loyalty clubs work. One of the things that worked for a long time was giving out $5 Starbucks gift cards 
So give us your data and you'll get a mobile coupon to buy Starbucks. And, you know, for $5, you'd be amazed the amount of people who will give you their life savings or information <laughs> about everything about them in order to get a $5 Starbucks gift card. You need to incentivize them with, you know, something that makes sense or something that has value to them. Uh, the mobile loyalty club for me is like the best way because that's, that's not only giving them incentive, but it's also using the same channel that they're on and you're, they're seeing it right away. And you give them right, right away just for signing up an immediate discount, you know, for being a mobile subscriber. So those are the right ways, but do it right. Uh, we, you know, there are a lot of companies out there that sell lists of customers. We don't recommend them in general because it's very hard to target them so that they'll, they'll hit exactly your customers run different promotions, go to different events, sign up people, speak to your customers, tell them you have some great ideas. You would love to be able to have a personal interaction with them. If you're an e-commerce store where you don't have you know, people coming into your store, find ways for you to create a dialogue with them or for people on your team to create a dialogue with them. Get personal in many cases. And when you build that up, then people will be more, more willing to share that personal data. But be very, very careful about sending messages or taking advantage of the fact that these people trusted you enough to give you their their data. Don't take advantage of it. Don't sell it to anybody else. Don't send them stuff that you know is not relevant to you. Be very careful. Yeah, definitely. During Corona, we consulted with our customers to say, okay, it's okay if you're a restaurant to share a uh, you know a recipe to do at home with the family. That's okay. That's within the contours. If you're a travel agency, it's okay to talk about you know a local a local hike that they can take in your region. Look for things that are relevant and share that content. Don't share things that aren't within the context of your relationship. Definitely. There's, there's kind of two points I really want to make off the, off the back of that as well. One that you covered already, which is, is essentially test it. You know, give it a go. See if it works for your business. Make sure you know exactly what metrics you're going to target. You know, as you said earlier, you could even start with, if you, if you built a list of 2,000 people in your mobile loyalty club, you know, it sounds like a great way to do it. Even if you're 2000 people in there, why don't you just text 100 of them to start with and see what the impact is. Then, then if it works, send a text message to the next 100 and see, you spoke about click-through rate, see if you can beat that. I think testing and learning is always really, really important. There probably is just a minimum barrier to entry as there is with most tests. You know, if you just, if you just sent a text message out to 10 people, you're probably not going to get much data. So it's probably working out what's the minimum amount of data to you, that you want to get for it. And the second thing, which I have to admit, this has become an absolute theme of the podcast. 99%, I would say, of all the Shopify store owners or people who work for Shopify stores that have been on the show have all said exactly the same thing. Have a good product in the first place. So all the things you've just listed there, Ira, about content, about talking about the right things, about getting them engaged, about making them like you, about building trust. It's all a lot easier if you have a good product to start off with. Um, we are going to be doing a whole series on kind of starting from scratch over the next few months. And because I want to cover it in so much more detail than we have about choosing the right products, about where to source them from, about um, owning your supply chain, all this sort of stuff. Because I think what you don't want to be doing with SMS is trying to stuff a message down somebody's throat or trying to convince them to buy something that actually they're just not interested in or it's just not right for them. And so I think it's really important to make sure your products are right for your customers which also makes me think that perhaps things like SMS and whatever, it's better to do these things from existing data when you've got a good product, you've got a good platform, your advertising's working, you are acquiring new customers, et cetera. My gut feeling is it's probably better to do this sort of thing at that sort of time rather than trying to start this from scratch. And especially 
just to echo what you just said, do not buy lists. That applies to email, SMS. That those people have never heard of you, so it's already a problem when you reach out and their first question is, who is this? Whereas if they've bought a product or they've signed up some sort of offer, when you send them a message, they'll say, oh, I bought a product from those guys the other day. This looks great. Or they'll think to themselves, I signed up for that competition. This might be the, uh, the, might, might be the results. Let me see if I've won this competition. And then they'll want to look at it because it'll be expected as opposed to even what you were saying about, you know, you might have bought from the same brand for 10 years or something. And suddenly they send you a text message out of nowhere and you hadn't opted in to receive text marketing. Again, I think there's, a, there's, there's often going to be a disconnect at that point. Uh, yeah, and you don't want people to be frustrated with you because that's not good for building that relationship. In the end, everyone talks today about conversational commerce. That's exactly what this is. Have a conversation with your customers. When you have a real honest conversation, and it's on an even playing field, okay? It's on an even level playing field. When you have an honest conversation, number one, you get tremendous amount of information about your customers' needs and wants and how they live their lives, which you can translate that, as you said, into finding the right product for your target market. But but that dialogue then leads into ability to build your customer service in a better way and to understanding the context of who your customers are and what they're looking for. That's huge in e-commerce. I'm, I'm not an e-commerce guy, but from all of our e-commerce customers, knowing what your customers are going to want. You know, the biggest thing that Amazon was able to create was this algorithm which predicts what I'm going to be looking for the next time I come on to so Amazon, so it knows the type of books that I bought the last time. It knows the type of clothing that I bought last time. It knows what electronics I bought the last time. So it's able to show me things that are similar to that. If you have that information, you don't need to be Amazon to use that information to have the right products for your customer and to make sure that they understand that you're thinking about them and you're trying to find ways to help them have a, a better consumer journey. That's where the conversational commerce comes in. And the ability today with these mobile channels to have a two-way dialogue is of immense value for you as a retailer, if you're a new retailer coming in, to learn about your customers and to learn about the needs and to learn what's going to work and what's not going to work. Because you know you may be a retailer with many years of experience in a different business, and you may say, oh, I know this market really well. I work for the biggest company in this market. When you're starting your own business and you have to build up your own consumer base and you have to build up your own staff and you have to build up your own product supply chain okay that there's a lot on you and so you need to find the best tools to be able to succeed in that and that's where this channel comes in uh, that that ability to monitor your customers as they go through your sales funnel and understand what's changing their decision along the way is of immense value for the next product and for the next thing you're going to be selling them. Yeah, definitely. I think one thing you picked up on there that I think is really important is the earlier stage you're currently at with your store, the more opportunity you've got to build these systems and get it all right the first time or get as much of it as you can right the first time. Obviously, you don't know what you don't know, and there's going to be things that change that. But actually, if you can build SMS marketing and email marketing and all the other different channels, if you can build those into the customer journey from the word go, then there's less of a shock or less of a, you know, two years after somebody bought a product, they get an email saying, would you like to join our loyalty club? You know, it's kind of like, I'm, it's, yes, the loyalty club, club sounds interesting, but I'm slightly, um, you know, disengaged now. It's been two years. I haven't bought anything from you and I haven't heard from you. So again, building that in from the word go, even if your SMS list is only 50 or 100 people to start with, well, that's 50 or 100 people, like you said earlier, for every 100 the open rates on these things is up in the 90s in terms of percentage. So that's 90 people you're going to reach instantly. 
So again, it's even in fact, in some ways, when you're small, it's probably a better thing because every sale counts when you're first starting out. So if you can get customers onto two or three orders on average, really early on, it means all your marketing efforts going forward are going to be much, much easier because you've already got a lifetime value. You're not trying to build it later. Now, there's one other part of SMS that I'm desperate to ask about, and it, we spoke about it very, very briefly on email before we, uh, before we jumped on, on to record today. And that's the kind of like, I'm going to call it the emergency message. So there is an element of when people are waiting for delivery, if something goes wrong, SMS has this beautiful part to play, doesn't it? Where you can send out a text message. Um, you know, I got one two days ago, I think, from a company I ordered something from online who very simply said, we're very sorry, sir, there's going to be a, a, a 24-hour, possibly 48-hour delay to your product arriving. So you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for it, but we are sorry, and here is a 10% off code. Now, I could have got really angry and gone away thinking, wow, that company was really, really slow to send the delivery to me. Or I can go away going, I don't mind that they were slow. They offered me a discount and they communicated all the way through. So SMS has this amazing ability, doesn't it, to, to kind of jump in and possibly even deal with some problems before they're on the phone to your customer services or even worse before they've turned your, their back on you and decided I'm never buying from those guys again. I call this proactive messaging. Okay. <laughs> be, be ahead of the curve. This is, this is being ahead of the curve. Okay. They know that you're going to have a, an, an unsatisfactory customer experience because they were late in delivering the product rather than doing it without an explanation. They, they jumped ahead of it. Okay. They didn't wait for you to complain. Okay, they said, hey, we know that we messed up. Okay, and we're sorry about that. And because you're not having the, the most amazing experience with us, here's a 10% coupon or whatever it is that they offered you. Okay, hmm. by being proactive, okay, they turn you from a dissatisfied customer into a happy customer. Remember, happy customers refer other customers to you. Okay, dissatisfied customers turn away <laughs> possible customers from you. So they turn that from a negative experience to a positive experience. The importance of this mobile messaging and the importance of using this for these types, and it could it could be any type of emergency experience. It could be, you know, I mentioned the it's about terrain, okay? But if you're a company that's selling uh, products for people who are traveling or people who are, you know, taking the tube or you're the train, you know, think about things that are part of that experience that you can enhance or experience if people have to suddenly leave town or people have to suddenly travel or if there's, God forbid, there's a storm coming or or you know, anything like that thing, you know, there's a, there's a power added somewhere. Think about things that you can offer to your customers to help them through that experience, such as we did with our customers during the pandemic. It's exactly like that. And, and stay ahead of the game. Stay ahead of the game. Be proactive. In the end, the reason why mobile is so effective for this is because it cuts through the noise. We're bombarded with notifications all the time. We get on email every time we go on, on the internet, we see banners coming up and we get hundreds of emails and we get messages and spam or whatever. And we get the notifications on our app. And mobile messaging cuts through all that noise. It goes right to the eyes. And so it's the most effective for using for those type of messages that you need to get. Something that, that has a time notification. You know, I travel quite a bit from my business. So I get notifications from my airline when the flight has been delayed, when they changed the gate. I'm really, really happy to get those messages from the airline. Okay. It saves me time. I can sit down and have a cup of coffee. I don't, don't have to close up my laptop so quickly and run to the gate. Those are things that are really valuable to me as a consumer of the airline. And look at it for, and, and by the way, the airline's not doing it necessarily to improve my customer experience. They're doing it to be more efficient because they want everyone to get to the gate on time. Okay, so so it, it works both ways. 
as a retailer, as someone who is working with customers, think about ways that you can provide for them an uplifted customer experience, as we've said before, amaze them. Use the notification capability, the amazing ability to get in front of eyeballs within 90 seconds. Use that capability to be to be efficient with how you message to your customers, giving them information that they want to see when they want to see it. It's really important. To use your to use your pizza analogy about for halftime, we actually have a trigger built into our system that you can message your customers when it's halftime of the game of your favorite soccer team. Okay. In other words, now is the time to sell the merchandise. So if you know you could be attending the game at the at the soccer stadium and you know a minute after halftime start, you'll get a message from the store selling the shirts in the lobby saying, okay, well, you know, if you come right now, you get 10% off of the shirt or whatever it is. We can actually build those type of triggers and so the notifications are sent at the exact perfect time. Okay, and by the way, when's the best time to send a coupon for pizza? I'm guessing mid-afternoon because then you order a pizza for dinner. 6.30 in the evening, sorry. 6.30, so that did not really miles off. <laughs> That's a, between 6 and 7 is the right time to send a coupon for a pizza, actually. But because those that's when families that don't want to cook are looking for another thing to feed their kids. So that's when the best time. Nice, nice. Well, look, I've just glanced at the time and realised how far on we've gone. Um, but we have got through almost everything we wanted to today anyway. So yeah, finally, both both a kind of double-jointed question here. Tell us both how people can get in touch with you and also what is this offer that we mentioned right at the start? It sounds quite compelling to me and I think there's going to be a little bit of a rush for everybody to uh, everyone to get involved. But uh, yeah, tell us tell us more. Okay, so first of all, Shopify uh, customers, Shopify, people who use Shopify can go on the Shopify app store and look up Message Wiz. That's Message and then Wiz is spelled W-H-I-Z. Uh, so we're there. You can also look on our website, messagewiz.com. You can contact any of the management of the company by sending a message to info at messagewiz.com. And I guarantee you someone from my team will contact you within 24 hours. We're always happy to talk with with retailers and e-commerce companies. Uh, and Now there's a challenge, 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> we, we, by the way, we haven't missed one. Cool. And uh, for listeners of the Winning with Shopify podcast, we're offering a special offer. The first 10 companies, first 10 e-commerce companies that sign up for the platform will get $100 off from their account. $100 free from me it comes out of my check, but it's okay. <laughs> and so that's the first 10 users, first 10 listeners of the Winning with Shopify podcast. Nice, nice. That's the first 10 people to get on there, which coming out of your pocket there means 10 times 100 is $1,000 you're giving away today, which is uh, incredibly generous. So um, I'm going to have to be serving my kids a lot of pizza in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, it's been great to have you along. And um, yeah, just on that offer, if, if you are listening a week or two after this has gone out, it's probably a bit too late. But I highly recommend going and checking out the product. I think for all the different benefits we've outlined today between us and uh, all the different examples. So Ira, it's been fantastic to have you on the show today. It's been a pleasure and I'm looking forward to working with a lot of uh, people who are listening, who are using Shopify. Uh, this has been a dream for us to get to start selling to within the Shopify app and within the Shopify environment. And we're really happy that we're able to bring this amazing service of mobile communications and communicating with customers uh, to all of you. Sounds good. Sounds good. And for everybody else listening, um, I mentioned very briefly earlier, we are going to be running a new series starting next week. My guests are lined up. We started recording already. The new series is going to be all about getting your first 1,000 sales, which is also 
similar to a course that we run that I keep getting told off for not mentioning enough because some of my team want loads of people to go and pay for it. So uh, if you want to, there is a course on the Just Us Parker website and go and check it out. But we're going to be doing a whole series called A Thousand Sales and how to get your first 1,000 sales. So the first week is going to be talking about products. And after that, we're going to go through lots of different stages about how to get your brand right when you don't have any traction, don't know anything yet, how to get your first bit of marketing done, how to set up email campaigns and all the rest of it as well. So make sure you tune in for that. It's been great to have you all with us today and we look forward to having you all with us again next week. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter for exclusive offers at winningwithshopify.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group by searching for Winning with Shopify on Facebook. Over and out.